rookie quarterbacks making the transition to the NFL. What is the value of a running back and how has it worked out so far in 2021 for the rookie class and the USC coaching job, how you get from the NFL trying to pick somebody, come back down to the college uh, coaching ranks. I think this is going to be a fun one. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And I want to thank you for making us your first listen. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Ryan Tracy. How you doing? I'm hanging in, man. It's uh, another day, another dollar, and uh, I don't have to talk Chiefs today, so that's a plus. Been a little, been a little rough in <laughs> Chiefs land, huh? Oh, it's coming apart at the seams, and for all you fans around the league that are enjoying this, I think Patrick Mahomes will have his day. He'll be back. Yeah, yeah, he said that. Uh, I think he said that he's cleared. All right, but we want to get into some other quarterbacks, and we touched on some guys um, in our latest episode, talking about you know Mac Jones, and and we talked about a little bit about Patrick Mahomes and kind of the evaluation of quarterbacks. Well, right now you have a good amount of young quarterbacks playing in the NFL, right? Some rookies, and they're not playing necessarily well outside of a Mac Jones, and it almost feels like the process of development is being rushed. Now, I think some guys can be kind of credited for this going back to like, maybe like a Mark Sanchez where, you know, he had success as a rookie uh, being the quarterback of a team that went to the AFC championship. Now we know it was, it's not like he was the main factor of that, but he played well, you know, they leaned on the run game. They leaned on that defense, but they've had some success. Now Jets fans, They've seen that, and they've also mm. seen other quarterbacks come in and not do well, whether it was Geno Smith, and that situation was kind of whatever. They also uh, dealt with Sam Darnold. But now you have Zach Wilson, and it's not just with Zach Wilson. I mean, Chicago Bears, they're kind of going through it too, and some, uh, some of these other teams, Jaguars. But I actually saw a question on Twitter that as Jets fans, should they trade – Darnold, or should they be looking for another quarterback? I mean, not Darnold, excuse me, uh, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Uh, should they try to trade him for a uh, Deshaun Watson? And I'm just like, this dude is six starts in. What's seven starts in now? All right, what's the rush? But what do you think kind of is the big kind of thing going on here when it comes to some of these younger quarterbacks and rushing their development? Well, A, I think that's crazy. That's like trying to switch your date out when you, you just picked her up and she didn't wear the right thing or something like that. It's kind of crazy. It's too <laughs> early to figure that out, right? And everything's compressed. There's there's no more of this, hey, come in and learn behind a veteran anymore. As you can see, like all these quarterbacks got thrown into it. it I, with the ex exception of Justin Fields, who got a little bit of time, right? But now he's on the field for them too. Lawrence Wilson, Lance has been very good in very few reps and i know you know the ins and outs of that but compressing that all i think is is the problem and it's almost to the point now where it's you probably don't want to be the top guy in your draft class anymore because you end up going to a franchise that isn't prepared to help you that well and it puts more and more pressure and more and more tasks on your plate as a rookie that i think most of these guys are prepared to handle now 
the bigger programs, sure. You've gotten maybe into some more of the pro and it's not the check with me stuff to the sidelines every five seconds. And, and maybe that gives you a bit of advantage. But when you take a look, just like you said, with, with Mac being the guy who's performing probably the best here, and you take a look at the guys that were picked highest, it's, it's a complete juxtaposition because the franchise was better that Mac landed in than what you saw everybody else go to. Yeah, and a lot of these coach, uh, quarterbacks, they either went to new situations with the coaching staffs, you know, just like Trevor Lawrence, going to Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and that whole new staff and really no kind of culture uh, set in place there. You know, also the new staff with the New York Jets with the second pick and Zach Wilson, uh, totally new staff there. He's coming in trying to learn this, you know, crazy offense. And then Trey Lance, who's picked third overall, actually has the luxury to kind of sit and learn and not rush the process, even though – the fans, including myself, somebody that covers the 49ers and is a 49er fan, you know, we want to see him play. We want to <laughs> oh, yeah. see the young guy get on the field. And Kyle Shanahan is just like, look, I'm not rushing the process with this guy. I'm going to let things happen organically. I don't have to play him right now, no matter how bad you guys think Jimmy Garoppolo is playing. All right. right. <laughs> but then, and then, also, obviously, Justin Fields. And they let that happen organically. Kind of. I think even when Andy Dalton went out, which he went out with a foot injury, mm-hmm. he was able to come back the what two weeks later, and they haven't played him. And I don't think he was playing bad. I also think that he was playing better than Fields is playing right now. Where What do you think the balance is with playing a guy when he's not ready, but the reps, he'll probably, he'll probably be better, you know, because of the reps down the line, or mm-hmm. saying, nope, I'm going to let him wait and sit it out. And you've seen that way kind of how it turned out for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like the bridge. I think the way that it's going for Justin Fields and Trey Lance, I think is, is my preference. Have a guy that should be your initial starter that you can learn the ropes from. So you can get through a camp. You can get through, you know, the, the first couple of NFL speed games without having to be the guy. And then if, if injury happens or performance slips with the starter, then you're able to kind of take over and jump into the saddle. If if I'm running a franchise, that's what I'm looking to do. I wouldn't want to throw a rookie quarterback to the Wolves in this league right now. I would be looking to bring in a veteran no matter, you know, even if I was one of those that's just kind of jump-started the franchise from a new regime or whatever, I would want to have somebody there that can, can be the steadying hand so the rookie doesn't have to have it all on his shoulders. Yeah, there are guys like, you know, I've seen Quincy Avery talk about it, and everybody's just all over the place on this, but Quincy Avery came out and was like, rookie quarterbacks, they need to sit. They're n- Like, none of them are ready. And I think yeah. we know that, but even then, it's still like that new toy, and it's like, ah, like, you know, you got the hype coming in, you're drafted really high, you want to see those guys play right now. I want to kind of go back a few years, 2017, and talk to us a little bit about what was, like, uh, Patrick Mahomes' first training camp like. What were the reports like coming out of Kansas City? Was he up? Was he down? Was he inconsistent? Was he making the plays? Or did you guys see what he is today? Did you guys see that coming? There were there were hints, but during training camp itself, it was very much a he's not anywhere close to ready. It, if you remember, like the big draw on him was the mechanics, right? That he didn't set from a platform, that he threw sidearm half the time, that he didn't have the basic fundamentals that you see in an NFL quarterback down. So that's what they spent the whole camp on, and they kept it hush-hush. They kept him behind. It did two things. One, it let him grow, and it lit a fire under the starter in Alex Smith. Alex Smith's best season was that year with Mahomes as his backup. 
But what happened about four, maybe six weeks into the season, you start hearing little things leak out, little little hints here. Uh, Travis Kelsey saying, you guys aren't going to believe the stuff that he does in practice. You know, like you could hear it coming, the excitement, the just the fact that in, in a matter of an OTA session and a camp, along with maybe five or six weeks in the regular season as the scout team quarterback that had been able to lock down his mechanics enough that they were capable or comfortable with it. And that he was capable of exciting his teammates. That's when you knew it was really coming. Mm. Okay. Now, and I just want to encourage everybody and I'm, I see these young guys and I see the fuss on social media. I think maybe social media makes a lot of these things worse and it kind of speeds up that clock on these players to perform right away. But there is a process and real quick, before we go to break, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I compare Zach Wilson in the draft process to Drew Locke. And I think I've seen some other people kind of say that, but I had never really watched a whole lot of Drew Locke. You know, I saw like things here and there, especially when he was coming out of college. And, but I was cleaning up my house and keeping my eye on the game. And it was like week 17 last year. And it was uh, Drew Locke against the Raiders. And I'm watching, I saw a lot of encouraging things from him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, he reminds me of somebody. And I'm looking, I'm like, he looks like Zach Wilson. So I asked people on Twitter, what's the difference between Zach Wilson and Drew Locke? Because Drew Locke was like a second round pick. Zach Wilson, obviously going top two at this time. He wasn't drafted yet, but it was like, he's going number two to the, to the New York Jets. And the thing I got back was, well, Zach Wilson is a way better decision maker and he's way better. He's way more accurate. And I was like, well, gotta take some things into context. Like, you know, who was Zach Wilson playing against when he was that 70% passer? Uh, his last year in college, you know, playing against Texas State, uh, North Alabama schools like that, as opposed to Drew Locke in college where he's playing against SEC caliber teams and he was the bottom feeding team in the SEC. Then mm -hmm. he goes to the NFL and, you know, we know what that process is like, everything being sped up, uh, you know, maybe not being in the most ideal situations. Well, now Zach, Zach Wilson is getting a taste of that, like the the more sped up clock and is, you know, does he still look like the great decision maker? Does he still look like he has the best accuracy? But I want to like let everyone know it it will come, right? Mm -hmm. If he's developed the right way, that that accuracy that they like, the, the ability, the playmaking ability, the off-platform throws, all those things that he showed that he has the capability of doing, it will come, but you have to give it time. All right, when That's we come back, part. we're gonna talk about the value of running backs. In the NFL, coming out, you know, are, why are you people even playing running back in college right now, man? Go play receiver or something. Go be a Debo <laughs> Samuel. But we're going to get into that next after this break. Hey, Locked On NFL Draft fans. This is your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And I am here with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. All right, my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. And when you do that, make sure you guys use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. And don't pay full price at the pump ever again. All right, get cash back every time you go to get gas by using GetUpside. And just download the app right now for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50. Cent a gallon back cash back on your first fuel tank. Some people who drive a lot more than I do. I'm, I live in a small town. I don't drive a whole lot, but there are other people that drive a ton. They are making up to hundreds of dollars back a month 
just from using this great app, and there is no catch to it. The cashback gets added right back into your account. You can cash out at any time using your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card from Amazon or any other brands that you have. All right, so just download the free app right now. Get upside and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Start making money back right now. All right, Ryan, so we wanted to talk about this, the running back position, and it's kind of, for a while, it's kind of being devalued, but you're still seeing teams say, you know what, we're still going to go away from the trend and we're going to do what we want to do and we're going to just draft this guy really high. And Najee Harris, you know, here's a guy who was drafted first round. Do you think, and 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 I also want to add, a guy of his caliber in the, you know, early 2000s would have been drafted top five, right? So I think the position is kind of being devalued a little bit. I remember guys from Auburn. Auburn had like two backs taking Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams. I want to say mm-hmm. they were both like top five picks. You don't see that much anymore. I think the last guys go really high. You had, uh, well, uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey. So guys do kind of somewhat go high, but I think that's even too high for running backs because of how kind of easy it is to get somebody that fits your scheme later in the draft. So what what is your thought process on just the value of running backs right now in the NFL? Well, it's that's exactly the word that I would use. It's it's value for your organization. And specifically, if you're a GM that has, like you said earlier in the last segment, if you have a new coaching staff and you don't know what that offense is going to look like, that's problematic because if you're somebody like the Pittsburgh Steelers that will give you the ball enough to make it worth it, it makes all the sense in the world. I personally don't feel that there's any reason because of the shortage of talent at other positions that a running back is, is a viable candidate in the first round for me in today's NFL, specifically because of the volume of touches that they get out of the backfield. Now, if you're talking about, um, you know, if you're a high school running back right now listening to this, your best friend is the jugs machine. If you can catch out of the backfield, it's a whole different ballgame because the volume of passing in this league, it's not slowing down. The run is not coming back. Keep waiting for that pendulum to, like, swing back, and we're going to start running the ball for power again. It just ain't happening. So it it is very specific to the fit. But I think overall, like, this first year, this first round is – a perfect tale, right? You had two running backs going the first round and Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. You got 50-50 so far that are even available to play in the league. And now you've put your your first round pick instead of a quarterback, a corner, a pass rusher, or a left tackle, or actually any tackle at this point in the league, right? Those are the four premium positions in my mind. You didn't use it on that and you've got a player that takes a beating positionally that is now not available. Yeah, and I mean, teams don't even want to pay running backs after their initial uh yeah. contract is up you know they kind of struggle to really pay these guys and we saw it with Le'Veon Bell and got Pittsburgh and they and they draft a receive uh running back first round and they, and they his usage is high he, he's running the ball and you know his, his pass catching he actually had a game where he went over 100 yard receive receiving mm-hmm. and had like 14 catches and that's terrific but it's like man you know he's also you know running the ball you know, he has mm-hmm. over 300 yards rushing. I mean, but they played, you know, what, seven, six or seven games. So what type of an impact is he making that you can't get from a guy in a later round? And even on the ground, he's averaging 3.8 yards a carry. Maybe it's the offensive line. It hasn't been the same in a couple of years right. there with Pittsburgh. But, you know, I look at a team like the 49ers and trying to figure out how they value the running back position. Well, they traded up in the third round 
to grab a guy, Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, Trey Sermon, eventually that's going to be their guy. That's going to be the bell cow. Well, they also drafted a running back, Elijah Mitchell, in the sixth round. And you're thinking like, oh, okay, you know, have some speed or whatever. Maybe he could play off Sermon. It's actually been not just the complete opposite, but Elijah Mitchell has made Trey Sermon an afterthought. He's not Trey Sermon's not even getting the ball when Elijah Mitchell is there. Now, Elijah Mitchell, from a production standpoint, is doing very well. Now, he's missed two games. He was out with a, a shoulder injury. But mm-hmm. in, just in his kind of limited playing time, he's, you know, ran for uh, 100 yards a couple of times now. And, you know, you look at a guy, Najee Harris, drafted in the first round. He's been over 100 just one time. Uh, you look at Elijah Mitchell in comparison to just a guy on, on his team. And when you start to talk about the value of the running back position, I don't know why teams just don't wait. I think the earliest I would draft a running back, no matter how special we think he is, unless he's, unless he's just like the freakish of all freak athletes and maybe even like a Saquon Barkley, who I don't even know if that was a good pick, right? When you look at it right now in hindsight, but or Christian, it, right? Right. Like two, two prime backs that are now injured a lot. Right. I mean, there's running back position, man. Do you think the NFL will kind of continue to kind of devalue it? And they already don't really want to play guys. They're already kind of pushing guys draft down boards. Do you think this is something that will continue? I think they should. I, I think it is likely to. And I, and I actually would like to see them spend their cash on backs that have earned it at that point. Don't put high draft capital and put real capital into it after they've earned that and they've shown that they can be a guy you can rely on to stay healthy and that they're that durable. You know, it, it comes down to the injury proneness, but also like it's I wouldn't have had a, a problem um, if it wasn't for the trade up for Trace Herman. I like him as a back. But the the injury concern for him, I think, was significant as well. Right. Yep. So now you're again taking another risk that I don't think was necessary. And when you look at Who's actually doing the best so far? And given that Najee Harris has clearly got the most yardage, he's got a number of, of big plays, right? But actually, Javante Williams in Denver, with I think what is a lesser offensive line, is actually outpacing him per carry and has huh. just the same number of explosive runs, right? So 15-plus breakaway lunge. They both have four of them. And you spent an entire, what, 40 picks lower in order to get Javante. And I, I think that shows you the difference in value for what is virtually the same performance. And how's Kansas city doing with Clyde Edwards? He was drafted into the first round, right? He was 32nd. And you know, that was a pick that I didn't necessarily agree with at the time. And it's nothing against Clyde. Nice back. He's actually was just hitting his strides. Really unfortunately he just got hurt because just had back to back hundred yard games and it's starting to hit there and his fit in the offense is great. But is fit above value for the position. That's what it comes down to. Well, we're going to talk about value and the value of coaching at USC. And how much value does a certain NFL coach put on that job? We're going to touch on that when we come back. All right, y'all, man. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of your basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So, what do you do? Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus right now. All right, from basketball, football, baseball, uh, Postseason baseball got the World Series going on right now. NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. 
Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer throughout the entire 2021 season of your favorite sports. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So, right now, it's bet online where the game starts. All right, guys, and I tell you guys all the time, if you haven't already, you have to try Built Bar right now. And if you haven't, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but I'm telling you, man, it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are like chalky and waxy and just really taste like, you know, just you can taste a protein bar, you know, and you know it when you taste it. But this one, it's really good. It's actually covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you are eating something different. Like it, it's really good. And it's an amazing experience, one that you'll really enjoy. In fact, you swear you're eating a candy bar more so than a protein bar. Built bars are low in carb, low calories, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein, which is really my favorite part. All right. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many flavors. Another great thing about uh, Built Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, which is my favorite and my wife's personal favorite, double chocolate, and cherry barcia, which is my daughter's favorite. All right, so this month, Built Bar is coming out with a new limited flavors every three or four days. So check out the website right now, all right, and make sure you guys check back often with the website. You don't want to miss out. So how do you do this? Where do you go? Go to Built dot com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off of your order all right again use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com go do that right now all right ryan so mike tomlin was approached in the media about the coaching job at usc now i don't know if you know where this stemmed from but it started with uh carson palmer Carson Palmer was mm. on the, I believe it was the Rich Eisen show. And okay. he kind of dropped this bomb about, you know, potential coaching candidates and talking about, you know, Franklin and uh, some of these other coaches, uh, what the, the one at uh, Minnesota. Fickle and he also, Cincinnati, right? Yep. Yeah. And he also threw in Mike Tomlin. Hmm. And you could see that Rich Eisen was caught off guard, wasn't expecting that. And Carson Palmer, the way he reacted was like, well, this is something that, I thought everybody kind of knew. It's like, clearly, no, did not know that. So Mike Tomlin's approach, you know, they, they bring it up in the, in, in the media and he goes off and he just says, listen, I know, you know, never say never, but never. I have the greatest job in the world. I'm not leaving this. And that organization, extremely stable. I believe they've only had like three head coaches like ever. <laughs> it's did crazy. you know that? Yeah. I didn't realize like, it was just three. Yeah, it's like three head coaches ever. Something crazy like that. Like, Chuck, Mike, and Coward, like, that's it. That's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's like really, really wild, like how, you know, just the stability of the organization. So he's looking at like, look, I've, you know, I have the greatest coaching job in the world for the greatest organization. Why the hell would I want to go to college and coach and have to recruit these kids? No. <laughs> but then he added something. <clears throat> And, I was, and, and it started to make me think. But he added the fact that, he's like, hey, y'all don't ask Andy Reid these questions. Y'all don't ask uh, Sean Payton these questions. Why are y'all asking me about a college job? Why is my name coming up? Mm -hmm. And I almost felt like he, he felt a little disrespected. And one thing about Mike Tomlin that maybe kind of 
slips under the, you know the radar, especially when talking about head coaches. He is never talked about as one of the top coaches in the league. I don't think I've ever heard his name come up. But all he's done is coach at the same place for 15 years now. He mm-hmm. has won a Super Bowl, like Sean Payton, like Andy Reid, and they only have one each as well. Yep. You know, even like uh, Pete Carroll, his name comes up one Super mm-hmm. Bowl. He's been at the same place 15 years, and he has never had a losing season ever in his 15 years coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a big time kudos to him. Yeah. So, why isn't he talked about in the same light as some of the other guys? It's a good question because. I always think of them when they're like, you know, who consistently fields the best teams and does the best job in the league. But for me, my guess is that unlike those other coaches you mentioned, particularly Reed and Peyton, he's not a guy that calls one side of the ball. He is he is a man at the top of the organization. He is a leader. He is uh, a motivator. And I, I think for some reason that – the, the league is also, as much as it's going away from the running back, it's going away from those type of guys. They want somebody with their hands in one side of the ball or the other that is just basically a, a glorified coordinator, which I think is is not the best way to go, right? Why split your attention when you can concentrate on running the organization, running the staff, and let coordinators coordinate and do their job? I think that's the better way to go, the better structure to have myself. Yeah, I agree, and it's definitely working out for them now when you look at, you know, Pittsburgh and where they're at and him saying, I'm not going back to college. I actually put this question on Twitter the other day and it was about Joe Brady. And I'm like, Hey, if you're Joe Brady next year, do you take a head coaching job in the NFL or do you take the LSU job that'd be opened Mm -hmm. up? And when you hear, when you hear Mike Tomlin come out and just basically say like, I don't want to go to college. And I actually have heard about uh, Joe Brady not liking the process of recruiting. And that mm-hmm. kind of takes me, I hope some of these recruits start to listen to this. Recruiting has turned into like this full-time job for coaches. Right. It's all about, you know, how much you can impress a kid, you know, how, how much you have to, you know, tell the kid that this is the place for you. And we're going to do all this down the other. We're going to give you the world. We're going to, you know, make you feel good well, whatever it is. And it seems like some coaches, they don't want to recruit that. They don't want to be bothered with that. They don't want to be bothered with almost feeling like they're being bossed around with the kid until they get the kid on campus. Do you think like the recruiting has something to do with just why some coaches just want to leave and get to the NFL? I'll I'll tell you this. On every, every staff I've ever been exposed to, the goal's always been to work in the NFL, no matter what level it was at. Every coach that I've ever known personally, that has been the goal because I think it allows you to work more on your merits as a teacher and a theorist. Like, how do you run scheme? How do you teach your players? That's what a coach is, right? And I think there are personality types in every walk of life. And I think coaching is is specifically one that amplifies your personality because those that are successful at coaching are extroverts that understand how to sell what they do. And that's not the focus necessarily for them is being that coordinator, being that schematic guru kind of guy. I think that's where the line gets drawn. Now I've never, I've never been in one of those interviews. I've never sat in as for coaching candidates of that caliber. So I can't tell you that for sure, but that's the way it feels to me. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I've been around these kids and uh, coaching high school football, coaching seven on seven, especially Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of really good prospects. And one thing is for sure. 
the kids nowadays, they are different and they're into the flash and they're into just the attention and all that. And I think for these recruiters, more now than ever, it's really a full-time job trying to keep and stay engaged with these younger kids who have no attention span <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> and I know I have I have two teenage boys and uh, they have the attention span of a toddler. So <laughs> I could just imagine, you know, some of these kids that they have everybody telling them how good they are and how great they are. And they've probably been hearing it since they were in Pop Warner and mm -hmm. a coach now has to come in and recruit these kids and convince them that, hey, I'm the best person for you because now they have everybody in their ear telling them how great they are. So I could see why Tom could be a little irritated. Like, that's what you guys frosty. want me to – yeah, that's what y'all want me to resort to, man, going back to the collegiate game and having to recruit these guys. I think he likes it where he's at, man. And we like it where we're at. And we're going to be right back here tomorrow – Obviously, every uh, Thursday or Wednesday night when you guys, you know, kind of it gets loaded up. But, you know, Thursday we have Rob Rang and we'll touch on an article from him. And also we'll get into some Thursday night football talk, some rookies in that Thursday night football game right here on Locked On NFL Draft.